Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey everyone, Ellie here bringing you my weekly note to the cafe community. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts, questions, and comments. Please keep sending them to letters at cafe.com. Back in January, I wrote a piece called The Many Faces of Kevin McCarthy. I talked about the three different iterations of the current Republican House Minority Leader, each with its own distinct and irreconcilable traits. But now, I've just lost track. This week, we learned that despite his prior lies, and lies about those lies, and lies about the lies about the lies, McCarthy saw the world quite clearly on January 6th and in the following days. He did, in fact, discuss his intent to talk to then-President Donald Trump about Trump's potential resignation. He did confirm that Trump had admitted some responsibility for the attack, and he did express genuine concern that the inflammatory rhetoric and conspiracy theory-mongering of his House colleagues could provoke violence. McCarthy did and said all of those things we now know because he's on tape. Kevin McCarthy is not dumb. He's deeply dishonest and a political windsock, but he's not dumb. He was reasonable and perceptive enough immediately after January 6th to mostly recognize the Capitol attack for what it was. He declared from the House floor on January 13th, The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action President Trump. Behind the scenes at the time, McCarthy did what a sound, responsible political leader should do. He called for accountability when he said he'd suggest Trump's resignation and when he extracted Trump's concession of at least partial responsibility for the attack. He prevailed upon his caucus for calm, recognizing the potential danger posed by unhinged rhetoric coming from Matt Gates and other attention-seeking pot stirrers. Hard as it is to believe, the immediate post-January 6 tapes that have now surfaced actually paint McCarthy in a positive light as a reasonably principled, strong political leader. Well, that didn't last. We still don't know precisely what happened when McCarthy took a pilgrimage down to Mar-a-Lago in late January 2021, a few weeks after those tapes were made. All we've seen are the goofy, awkward photo of Trump and McCarthy posing together in some sort of gilded palace and anodyne spokesperson quotes about party unity and taking back the House and the importance of Trump's endorsement. But we know that the McCarthy who emerged from that meeting had undergone some serious re-education, coming out as a full-throated January 6th denier and a pom-pom-waving Trump enthusiast. Hey, becoming Speaker of the House has its price tag. The tapes that have emerged this week are a stark reminder of what McCarthy used to be. 
He's now so far gone that he and most of us have lost track of his lies and the whole construct has collapsed. McCarthy, we now know, said on tape that he would ask Trump to resign. When initial media reports came out, McCarthy furiously and categorically denied them. But when the tapes surfaced, showing that McCarthy had done precisely what had been reported and had said he would raise the prospect of a resignation with Trump, McCarthy fell into this gibberish, nonsensical denial. Quote, the reporter never asked me that question. The reporter came to me the night before he released the book, and my understanding was he was saying that I asked President Trump to resign. No, I never did. And that's what I was answering. If you're asking now, did I tell my members that we're going to ask them if I told any of them that I said President Trump? The answer is no. We are into inception-level bullshitting here, where the lies bend back in on themselves and distort the space-time continuum. This is why prosecutors and investigators, by the way, tend to focus on a subject's words and actions back then, at the time of the actual events in question. Everybody's got a cover story. Everyone's got some spin from your routine criminals to your insurrectionist politicians. And it's easy enough to churn up some mud and cloud the waters after the fact. McCarthy can fib and obfuscate and tap dance all he wants now, but he said what he said back then, and it's on tape. Despite his central involvement in January 6th and the aftermath, we'll almost certainly never hear from Kevin McCarthy, at least not in the testimonial sense. We surely will continue to hear his nonsensical, self-serving denials of the moment in front of the cameras, but there's no consequence to those statements. The same goes for other House members who were directly involved in the effort to steal the election. Gates, Jim Jordan, Mo Brooks, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Scott Perry, and dozens more. That's because the January 6th committee, for all the outstanding investigative work they have done so far, seemingly has decided against compelling their own colleagues in the House to testify. Let's be clear. This is entirely a political decision, not a legal one. There's no law preventing Congress from subpoenaing its own members, particularly where they were witnesses at a minimum and perhaps even participants in the events at issue. There's just good old-fashioned kid gloves, a prevailing sense of in-house comity that transcends even party lines. The committee hasn't formally announced that they'll go soft on their colleagues, but it's entirely clear by now that they will. Committee Chair Representative Benny Thompson reassured us back in January that, quote, we're still exploring it, meaning potential subpoenas to members of Congress, four plus months later, and, well, there's still exploring. Of course, while the committee can be faulted for its unwillingness to play in-house hardball, the real blame should remain squarely on McCarthy and his colleagues who've refused to testify. They all certainly have the right and the ability, the obligation, really, to come forward and voluntarily speak with the committee, which has requested their testimony, politely and informally, without messy subpoenas, mind you. After all, McCarthy and his ilk are fond of declaring they've got nothing to hide, yet they continue to hide everything. Stay safe and stay informed, everybody. 